Welcome to Chat NDT with ASNT, a new podcast from the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. I'm Haley Cowens, an editor at ASNT's International Service Center. With our annual conference being in Las Vegas this year, we thought it would be fun to talk with one of our members about a unique NDT project that had a big impact on the skyline of the entertainment capital of the world. In this episode, we'll be talking with Ricky Morgan, the vice president of Flawtech and a past president of ASNT, about his work on the High Roller Observation Wheel in Las Vegas, the world's tallest observation wheel. I spoke with Ricky about how he got involved in the inspection process for the High Roller. Here's Ricky. I started out working on it in um, 2012. It was kind of a weird situation in a way. My first part of it, I got a phone call from a gentleman I knew from American Bridge, and uh, he called and told me, asked me if I wanted to go to Sweden to look at some bearings. And I said, well, what does this pertain to? And he said, oh, it's about the it's Las Vegas high roller. It's the new Ferris wheel going up. Of course, I kind of jumped at the opportunity to go to Sweden. But after uh, I hung up the phone, I realized it was February in Sweden. <laughs> and... <laughs> It was kind of cold, and uh, when I got to Sweden, I had to walk through the snow to the hotel at the airport, and uh, we, one of the gentlemen from the SKF, which is the company making the bearings, he drove me there through the snow to this uh, their plant uh, about two hours away, and we looked at two of the world's largest bearings, or a set of four, actually, four bearings that uh, were going to be for the Las Vegas High Roller. And that's what that's what's kind of unique about this whole project is it it's uh, it was a completely international project, um, working in over eight countries, uh, different parts of the, the the high roller came from. But a few months later from that, um, I was uh, asked to go to China to do the work on the fabrication there, uh, on on building the entire wheel. And uh, we had set up a, an inspection team there, in um, a, in a company called uh, ZPMC. Uh, ZPMC is on a comp- on an island called uh, Chongqing. Well, they call it, they ca- they call it Chongqing Dao, which Dao is island in Chinese, and um, it it encompasses the whole island. Uh, ZPMC is is world renowned for building container cranes, and they also built the um, San Francisco Oakland Bay Bridge, uh, the new segment on the uh, east side. And so. Um, American Bridge was always already in house there, and they got that project, and so that's where we did the fabrication for the project. Um, we developed a team of um, we had two uh, two expats, myself, uh, and then Leonard Cross from Smith Emery Company, and then we had our, our Chinese um, office manager Frank Liu, Frank Hu, and then we hired on um, eight more uh, Chinese nationals to work with us, which we certified. Uh, in place, and uh, we began the fabrication process. Um, the fabrication process, we took care of everything from identifying the material to watching it get cut to um, examining the fit up and welding, monitoring all the welding processes to make sure they stayed within, uh, within the required procedures. We certified all their welders specific to our project, and each of the, each of the welders had to carry their own ID that uh, said they were allowed to work on and have been certified for our project, which was interesting, very interesting part. But the QA and QC and the NDT for the whole project was pretty intensive. 
um, we the ZPMC had their own QC, and then we conducted the uh, Smith Emory Company conducted the the QA for the manufacturer, which was or the for the general contractor, which is American Bridge, and then the owner had another group of uh, NDT people that were back checking a percentage of what we had checked already. So it was very it was very extensive. Um, we had over 15 million millimeters of uh, fracture critical welds, which is about twice the height of Mount Everest, almost twice, almost twice the height of Mount Everest in fracture critical welding. And uh, we watched every process through every portion of building the Ferris wheel. Um, the Ferris wheel is, is pretty unique. I mean, the original Ferris wheel was built in, 19, in 1893 uh, by GWG Ferris uh, co Company out of Pittsburgh. And in 1893, they were like, they were the, I guess the pioneers a lot in NDT of materials and, stru and the structural steel market mm. back, at, back in 1893. And that was the first world's largest Ferris wheel. This is Haley, cutting away from my interview with Ricky for a moment. In case you're like me and were curious to know more about the original wheel Ricky had mentioned, here are some facts from an article titled The Brief History of the Ferris Wheel written by Jamie Malinowski and published in Smithsonian Magazine, available online. The wheel was designed, as Ricky noted, by George Washington Gale Ferris Jr. from Pittsburgh for the World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago, where it debuted in 1893. It was chosen to be America's answer to the Eiffel Tower, and it measured 250 feet in diameter. Over 1.4 million people rode the wheel in the 19 weeks after its debut. Unfortunately, after the fair, Ferris became involved in legal battles and eventually went bankrupt, and the original wheel ended up being sold and destroyed. But, as you can glean from our conversation, its legacy lives on. Okay, back to Ricky. The high roller is currently the world's largest at 550 feet tall. Um, it was designed for a 50-year operational life. It was designed to withstand the highest winds possible in Las Vegas during that 50-year cycle. It rotates at about one foot per second, so you get about a 30-minute ride. And it's about 3.5 million pounds of steel. There's 112 cables and 28 cabins, which um, the cabins are have about 10,000 pounds of air conditioner in them. Wow! To uh, keep the temperature nice and cool, and it, it'll hold, it'll carry a maximum of uh, 1,120 passengers. So what were some of the main concerns that, um, that you would be looking for in kind of setting up these, um, these kind of quality assurance checks for specifically the structure of a Ferris wheel since it's um, such a unique kind of structure? Yeah, well, yeah, that's what's really neat about these kind, of pro these kind of projects. They're kind of a landmark project. They're one of one. It's not like you get to do one in practice and see how, what's going to happen. Um, there was a, um, the engineering company that was involved with this project was Arup. And Arab had um, has a background in this design, this type of design of Ferris wheel. Uh, they did a similar design for the London Eye. They were involved with that project as well. Um, some of the biggest concerns are what I was talking about: the fracture critical welding, or the welds that are those welds. The definition of fracture critical is, is a weld that basically has no redundancy. It, if that weld fails, that could cause a catastrophic failure. So that was, those welds was where we concentrated most of the work. 
but by monitoring and doing QA on all part portions of the process and, and verifying the material, make sure the material is the proper material, proper strength, um, doing destructive testing on some of the material to verify that the mill certs are correct. Um, we did 100% NDT on all the fracture critical welds. Uh, we did both ultrasonic and MT on all of them. And that was done, like I said, by three tiers of uh, inspectors. And then, uh, of course, we did um, some of the other things were very important. It was making it fit. They, they had to load these pieces onto a ship. And they took it to a ship to L.A. Harbor. Then it was transported via train to Las Vegas. And so sending, sending pieces back to be remade was not an option. They had to be right the first time. So we had a complete trial fit up of every piece that went together um, prior to it being shipped. The rail system on the side of the system, of the side of the, of the project was probably one of the most um, stringent areas is because that was what drives the wheel around. And if the, that would fail, then the wheel would not move and then people would get stuck up in places like that. And um, the guidelines were set up primarily by Clark County. Um, Clark County is, um, has a special division just on amusement park rides or type rides. Um, through their history, Vegas has had, you know, lots of different types of rides and things like that at New York, New York, um, and other places, you know, they have roller coasters. They have the roller coasters up on top of the, um, on top of one structure that goes out over the side of the building. Hi, Haley again. Just jumping in to let any interested conference goers know that the amusement rides on top of a building that Ricky was talking about there is part of Skypod at the Stratosphere Hotel. If swinging, dangling, or even jumping from 800 to 1,000 feet above the Las Vegas Strip sounds like fun to you, you might want to check it out. Okay, back to Ricky. So they've had a lot of experience with this type of stuff. And so they, they set up the guidelines on how, who, would be, who we could qualify. We had to send all of our welders, all of, sorry, not all our welders, but all of our NDT personnel had to be approved by the Clark County. So we had to develop a package for them of their experience, what they've worked on. And um, so everybody was working on the project. It was very well vetted. So between all of that, as well as um, you had mentioned that a lot of the initial inspections were happening from different countries kind of all over the world. Was this right. one of the more like involved projects that you've been in, a part of in that way? Or is this um, somewhat typical of, of putting together a structure like this? Um, it, a structure like this is pretty typical um, of, this, of this kind. Um, I also worked on the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge. That was, it had a very similar type of structures, but uh, I would say, you know, most buildings or more less dynamically loaded type structures, um, the the criteria is is a little less stringent. It could because just simply because of the uh, and the exposure to to civilians or or passengers and people riding, they just you just can't afford to have a failure. Right. So once you were all finished with the project, um, have you have you ridden in the high roller? <laughs> yes, actually, I have. I, I actually wrote it on the second day. It was open. I was, oh wow! Uh, I was. It opened on. It opened on April first, twenty fourteen, um, which was, of course, April Fool's Day. And I happened to be working with some people in St. George, Utah. So on my ride back, um, I stopped by and talked to the guys from uh, Caesar Entertainment, and they gave me a few uh, complimentary passes to get some rides on it. 
<laughs> and then then I t- they gave me a few extra ones. And so uh, when I went back to the, uh, I did a presentation for the local AST section in Los Angeles. And so after I gave my presentation, I, I gave out a few passes for other people to go ride. Well, so is there anything else you would like to tell us about this experience? Well, I mean, the, the experience, like these are kind of landmark types. You don't get to do this all, all the time. It was very interesting because it was like international. And uh, not only do you have the, the complexity of the job, but you have the language barrier to work with and different principles of how people do work. And um, it, all in all, the team worked, you know, there were times we had some difficulties not agreeing on certain things, but in the end, the team came together and uh, I thought in the project, I was very satisfied the way it ended. And, um, and when you get to see the actual, you can see the high roller when you fly into Las Vegas, it'll be on off your right side, off your right wing. And it's a, it's a landmark thing. And I know if you've been watching some movies, you, you, you see it as part of part of the Vegas skyline all the time. So it's kind of neat to, see something that you've worked on in different movies and things like that. But uh, as far as the fall conference being in Las Vegas, um, the hotel where it's hosting the um, conference, the Westgate is on the monorail, one of the monorail stops that goes directly to the high roller uh, right there on the link. So if if anybody has the opportunity, they should get a chance to take a ride. And it's a totally different experience doing it during the daytime and or doing it towards the night. So you get a completely, it's two different types of experiences riding it during the day or during the night. So, and and one of the funny other things was when I was spending some time back at home after spending a few months in China, I actually drive up to drive up to the Flamingo and uh, ask for a room facing the construction site so that I, (laughs) so I could, I would spend the weekend or so watching it being erected. So I was monitoring the progress uh, stateside as well. When I was, even though I wasn't part of that part of that project, I was only, only in the fabrication part. So, but it, it was, it's just exciting kind of projects. I've, I've been very fortunate in my career to have some very interesting projects over the year. Um, I can pl- I worked on the, uh, just finished working on the, uh, the star Wars, uh, new, new place, the new star Wars land in, uh, both Disney and Disney World. So that was another trip to, that I made some travels to on that project as well. I'm sure we could have a whole <laughs> other conversation about that experience. Yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> we can yeah, we do that some other time. <laughs> well, Ricky, thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh, you're very welcome. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck with the uh, the podcast. These, these can be fun, I think. We got, we got uh, people in our industry in the NDT industry, they have lots of interesting stories about different projects over the years. And uh, I think it'll be a great thing for AST to promote our, our uh, industry. Yeah, I agree. I hope, it, I hope that it can be that kind of platform for people. I think so. I think it's, people don't realize how, I mean, a lot of young people don't realize how, um, how interesting and exciting this project, these projects can be. If you're not just in a lab all the time, there's, I mean, the amount of travel you can do if you'd like to is, is it's up to you. <laughs> it's really up to you. You can do whatever you want. Ricky L. Morgan is the vice president of Flawtech in Concord, North Carolina. 
He has over 32 years of experience in providing NDT inspections to the amusement park, construction, infrastructure, marine, petrochemical, and power industries. He was integral to the evaluation of hundreds of buildings in the Los Angeles area after the 1994 earthquake. Some of his most recent landmark projects include the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge, the Las Vegas High Roller, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in both Disneyland and Anaheim and Hollywood Studios in Orlando, and the new Rams Charger Stadium, the SoFi Stadium. Ricky is a past president and chairperson of AST. He is currently serving on the Section Operations Council, Infrastructure Committee, Ultrasonics Committee, Ground Penetrating Radar Committee, Technicians Advisory Committee, and the SMT TC1A Review Committee, among others. He was named one of ASNT's Lou Di Valerio Technicians of the Year in 1998, an ASNT Fellow in 2003, and an ASNT Philip D. Johnson Honorary Member in 2016. He also received the ASNT Mentoring Award in 2009. Along with ASNT, he is also a member of the British Institute of Non-Destructive Testing and the American Welding Society. Thank you very much to Ricky for speaking with us. Thank you for listening to Chat NDT with ASNT. For more information about our organization, please visit our website at asnt.org. You can also connect with us on social media at ASNT Info on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. ASNT, creating a safer world.